Philadelphia. Woo! I'm going to tear it up. Pensacola, Florida, when I get to town, we're going to treat all you women woo, the way women ought to be treated. Because the NWA and some real men are going to take that Civic Center apart and then we're all going to be over a rodeo woo, driving the women wild. Miami Beach, get ready. Woo. We are on tour and we're doing it better than anybody else alive. Now, Buddy Landell, it's so hard for me to sit back here in this studio looking at a guy out here hollering my name when last year I spent more money on spilled liquor in bars from one side of this world to the other than you made. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, Son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. His very first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom, who was on crack. Hey, bro, you listening to the sports desk? The sports desk. Hey, this would do some lunch sports, man. Come on now. Yeah! I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh, oh. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Sports Desk. I'm your guy one more time, Dedrick L. Hicks Jr., one half of your sportsologist. And remember, folks, I am here to give it to you raw and uncut. And this is your man, Black. We are back in the building for another episode one of your favorite sportsologists in the building, D. Let's do it. Yes, sir, Black. Um, you know, we got a, you know, of course, entertaining loaded show for you guys today. This is episode 156 of the Sports Desk. Um, it's been um it's been a uh kind of chill sports week this week. But you know how we get down here at the sports desk. We will find some way to ruffle your feathers. And speaking of that. Let's go ahead and get started. Now, Black, I was watching TV earlier in the week, man, just kind of chilling out, man, after a hard day's work. And I believe I was watching NBA Countdown. All right, you got Stephen A., you got Jalen Rose, you got Greeny, uh, Wolves was on there, and I believe uh, it was Michael Wilbon. And they got to talking about, you know, this incredible run that Steph Curry has been on or is on because he is on an incredible role. And they brought up the question of, is it him, Steph Curry, or LeBron Raymond James as the most influential, most important basketball player of this generation? Now, at first black, when I heard it brought up, I scoffed at it, man. I just kind of said this. Come on, man. Like, what are we doing this for? There's no reason to do this. And then they started talking. Jalen Rose started rolling out his spills. Stephen A started rolling out his spill. And I got to think, I said, you know what? This is a valid conversation. And before I get into my thoughts, Black, Black, what do you just think about the, 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 the conversation that is trying to be started with uh, Steph Curry and LeBron? Because pretty much if Steph Curry wins another title, he will have as many as LeBron. If, if Steph Curry wins another MVP, 
he will be one short of LeBron because he has three already. He has two already. Just no, he has. He has three. He has two. He has two, yeah. and LeBron has four. Yeah. So he will be one short of LeBron. And, of course, if he gets that elusive finals MVP, he will be up in that conversation as well. So what do you think? Do you think it is a real conversation that could be brewing as Steph Curry surpassing LeBron James as the most important and influential basketball basketball superstar of this generation? Um, believe it or not, dude, D, I think, I think it's good. It's a strong argument. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure when people hear this, you know, at work, when I get to work tomorrow, uh, it's going to be some conversations had, sure, you know, and sure. I'm willing to dabble in those conversations, mm-hmm. you know, and the reason why I say that, it, that, that it is a legit argument because we've seen LeBron James be dominant, you know, have the tag of the best player and, but we've seen dominant best players before. We haven't seen one player change the game of basketball with a three-point basketball shot. If you go to any high school basketball game, my little nephew, he my, he plays uh, high school JV basketball. And those kids on their team, D, they, they're not worrying about laying it up. If they got an open court, you know what they're doing, D? Letting it go. They're pulling up from three. Mm-hmm. Even with the coach yelling on the sideline. They don't, don't care. Don't they want to shoot the three ball. Mm-hmm. So, for me, it's not about the accolades. I'm not going to say it's about championships and uh, MVPs. It's not that. Okay. The impact on the game it's a very legitimate argument because Steph Curry it has literally changed the game of basketball and made the three ball fun again. We've seen dominance in our time of watching basketball. LeBron is just another one of the great dominant forces in basketball, but we haven't seen anyone change the game of basketball with the three ball the way Steph Curry has. So the it's 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 a legit argument, and and especially if. Steph keeps doing, and he goes, goes on and break that record, which he, which he's going to. But yes, it's a very valid conversation to start having about Steph Curry and LeBron James, who's the most influential and has the most impact on the game of basketball today. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. And you know, as being a you know massive LeBron James fan, you know, it's not about like you said, you know. The accomplishments. It's not about, you know, the rings that he's won versus what Steph won. When you look at the game, I'm a real deep thinker when it comes to sports. A lot of regular, I ain't going to say regular, a lot of sports fans who really don't spend the time that we do thinking and being passionate about stats and stuff like that, they'll just stay on the surface. And, And what I mean is they'll go straight to, the same conversation we hear all the time. Michael Jordan won 6-0 in the finals. He's the greatest. He's the GOAT. No, no, he's not. That's not the reason why he's the greatest. That's not the reason why he's in the conversation. The reason Michael Jordan is in the conversation as being the GOAT is what we saw night in and night out of him being an unstoppable force that changed the entire landscape of basketball. That's why Michael Jordan is considered the GOAT. Michael Jordan could literally have gone... Four and two in the NBA Finals and would still be considered the GOAT, in my opinion. He could have lost to Magic in his first Finals, and he could have lost one to the Jazz, and I still would have him in the conversation as the GOAT. But that's not what we are allowed to do. We're not allowed to keep it real. 
And I said all that to say, when you look at Steph Curry and the generation that is now coming up underneath him and the generation that he plays with on the floor night in and night out, what has the game become? Why do we see the Joker shooting three-pointers? <laughs> Why do we see Dwight Howard shooting three-pointers? Why do we see LeBron James taking the most three-pointers he's ever taken in his career? Because if you can't shoot the three, you can't win in today's NBA. That wasn't always the case when LeBron was in South Beach. That wasn't the case when, hell, it really... Really, really, really got off the map right around the time LeBron won his ring in Cleveland. And Steph was the MVP then. But the game was still finding a way because you want to know why the Cavs end up beating the Warriors? Bigs, rebounding, physicality. You bring a physical team to play the Golden State Warriors today, you're losing by 30. You want to know why? Because they can shoot you out the gym. And your toughest and your baddest guy can't be on the floor with us because he's a liability. And you want to know why he's a liability? Wardell. So in my opinion, the greater player is LeBron and will be LeBron for life. But influential, changing the game, having your nephews, potentially our young sons, Mm -hmm. when they pick up a basketball one day and they decide they want to roll with it, the first thing they're going to want to do is not slam dunk. They're going to want to pull up from 30. And let that thing go and see them nets rip. LeBron James is a powerful dunker. Michael Jack, Michael Jordan is a, an, an elegant swan when he dunks. Vince Carter, the most emphatic dunker maybe of our time. That's past tense now. That's why the dunk contest has low views on All-Star Weekend. Mm-hmm. And the three-point shootout is where everyone's holding up in front of their TVs. Mm-hmm. And it's because of... Ray Allen, Larry Bird, Steph Curry. It's because of them. Bridget Miller. Clay Thompson. Clay, it's because of these guys. Mm-hmm. And I think when it's all said and done, when we have this conversation in another two to three or maybe even five, five years, the answer will be yes. Steph Curry was more influential, more imposing on the game of basketball due to him changing the game due to his ability to be the greatest shooter that the good Lord has ever made. So the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. The answer is yes. And, and, and for me, do you see it? And for me, us being older and recognizing what it, what it is, it's not us to talk about it. We don't have to talk about it. We can go see it day in and day out. Right now. If you go to your local high school gym, Right now. And go to a basketball game. Mm-hmm. I want you. Come on Twitter. I want you to tell me if you go to a basketball game. How many LeBron James tennis shoes you see. And how many Steph Curry sneakers you see. And I promise you. I promise you. You're going to see more Curry tennis shoes on the basketball court than anything. Of course. His, his uh, influence on the younger up and coming generation, middle school all the way into high school. The generation loves Steph Curry. You may have a few here and there who love LeBron, no doubt about it. But the game has changed, not just for NBA, college, 
high school, middle school, shoot, even elementary school, elementary school kids and kids playing at the PAL. These little five-year-olds, you know what they want to do? They want to shoot the ball. Five years old. Right away. Right away. Yeah. His influence. Yeah. On the younger and and that influence is the more more important than than us as being grown people. Yeah. That's the that's what's going to get seen in more in a bigger light than us saying, oh man, what Steph is doing. The younger generation, you see it day in and day. Shoot, I see it. My nephew plays three and four games a week in high school. And I see it every day from, from their team to teams that they play. I'm like, man, all these young kids wearing Steph Curry's. I mean, it's, it's, it's just insane to watch that his influence is really taking over what LeBron, at one point it was LeBron, but it has, it has surpassed LeBron in a case because the way that you see it in your, in your high school gyms and out of the youth today it's very, it's, it's just, it's in your face. It's undeniable. It's undeniable. So I have to agree with you, D. His, his influence and in, 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 in what he's doing for basketball is a great thing. And it's, and it's somehow surpassed LeBron where, it's, where they are right now. And man, like, <laughs> it's, it's shocking to see kids want to shoot the basketball than go and have a highlight dunk. They rather shoot it, but that's what the game has come to today. Like you said, Dean, it's all because of Steph Curry. And, and one last thing, man, before we move on, Steph Curry made regular Joes like myself believe that they can go to the gym and participate and play five on five on a regular, only for one reason that I know have to, I don't have to be six foot three, six foot four, and got to get to the cup and try to bam on somebody. No, I can be in the corner, top of the key. Pulling up from three and make you fear me. That's what he's doing to these kids. These kids, they all they got to do is shoot and they got to go in and they can play. <laughs> yeah. Can you shoot, kid? Yes, you can play. If I see a kid shooting 12, 13 years old and I need a point guard, bro, just stand over there, kick it out. If you knock it down, you good, bro. <laughs> it wasn't like that when we was coming up, when we was it going wasn't. to the park. You had to be a beast, bro. Yes, for them boys even consider picking you up. And now you don't have to be. Mm -hmm. You can literally be a specialist. We see Bunyan Bunyanovich getting a hundred million dollars to shoot the three. We see Malk, uh, uh, what's his name, Uh, Joe Malcolm Harris, (laughs) get paid almost a hundred million. JJ Reddy has made over two hundred million dollars. Danny Green is still in the lead, making 10 million a clip, and all he can do is shoot the corner three. And don't forget about Haywood, the biggest oh bank robber of God. all. Gordon Hayward is robbing the Hornets and has robbed the uh, <laughs> Boston Celtics because he can shoot the three. And this is because <sighs> Stephen Wardell. Curry. So I thought that would be interesting. You know, you know, me and Black did not talk about this. You know, I presented this to him when we was doing a rundown of the show. So I was eager to hear what he had to say about that. And I ain't gonna lie. Initially, I like, man, they, they don't shut up. <laughs> but then when you get that thing, but they didn't ask who was the greatest player. Mm-hmm. They didn't say who was the best player. Obviously, that's LeBron. The most influential. But the most influential to the game and helping the game progress mm-hmm. is Steph Curry. And a lot of you old heads, y'all got to relax, man. It's a lot of old heads out there who can't even talk sports these days. A lot of these guys who just stuck in their ways and, you know, you're living in your grandpa's basketball. Yo, you got to come out of that. 
The game is not that. Or you're going to get left behind. Because you're not getting uh, uh, Robert Parrish, Carl Malone type basketball players anymore. No disrespect to those guys because they were great in their eras. But let me ask you this. Could Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, and Steph Curry go to any era and play? Yes, they could. You want to know why? Because that thing going in the bucket. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man. So, yeah, I just thought that was an a, a interesting uh, topic that they had on NBA Countdown. Just wanted to see where you was at with it. All right, man. So, we got some sad news in, uh, into the sports desk, man. Um, we just want to give out a rest in peace uh, to Bronco legend uh, Demarius Thomas, man. He unfortunately passed away at the age of 33 uh, this past week. Um, so young. So young, and I was a huge fan of Demarius Thomas. You know, right around the time, you know, the, the big body receivers were in. So you had Calvin Johnson, mm-hmm. him, uh, Des Bryant, who ironically he was picked one spot before Des Bryant in that draft. The big body, sure hand receivers. They weren't the fastest, but they were big, they were strong, and uh, they could make a lot of plays happen. So of course, Peyton Manning is my favorite quarterback of all time to watch. So when Peyton went to the Broncos, even though I'm a Cowboy fan, I always – it ain't, it ain't just the fact because I love Peyton. If you was a football fan, you watched Peyton when he played, whether he was a Colt or whether he was a Bronco. Mm-hmm. So when he had, you know, you know, Julius Thomas, Eric Decker, Demaris Thomas, you just seen, you know, Demaris able to shine. Able to reach his potential because a lot of people don't remember he was almost considered a bust in his first year or two in the league because he had some nagging injuries. He really wasn't fitting in the offense that well until Peyton came. So um, it was very, very troubling to hear uh, that, you know, Demarius Thomas, you know, has, you know, indeed uh, passed away. Um, Black, just what are your thoughts on uh, DT, man? Yeah, man, just, you know. You know, prayers go out to uh, to his family, man. It's, that's a major loss. Uh, gone so young, man, so soon. Thirty three, uh, and I didn't know. Uh, Pops was telling me about. You know, he had gotten a really, really yeah. major car accident that really yeah. left him with start having seizures. Yeah, bad after the accident. Yeah. So, um, man, just just life is so precious, man. And you know, you hate to see uh, someone leave this earth, man. But um, it's. On the football field, man, he was one of those ones, and you could speak, and you like you said, you spoke for when Peyton came. I can go back and remember times, man, when Tim Tebow was a quarterback, and mm. they went in the playoffs, mm. just making, making, making noise, man, and mm. and then you know, like you like you said, the after that, it kind of stalled a little bit until Peyton got there, but the uh, Demarius always showed those flashes, and we and we can personally say. We knew every Saturday when you had to play Georgia Tech, you knew who was getting the ball and when you was gonna stop him. It was just like Calvin Johnson when he was at Georgia Tech. It was just it was the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and man, he's uh, a great wide receiver, man, and did some great things uh in his community for his home and you know, to see him going so so soon, D is is, is a really sad day. But like I said, prayers to his family, man, and just a just a big loss for the NFL. Yeah. I know Peyton somewhere. We haven't heard from Peyton, so I know he's going through it because him and uh him and Thomas was they were really close. So mm-hmm. uh yeah, man, it's just a big loss for the NFL community and as a whole the NFL fans. Yeah, the one thing that was said all week long about uh, Demarius Thomas was every time he walked in the room and he smiled, everybody knew it was there. He always brightened up the room. Everybody talked about the man that he was, uh, from Tim Tebow to Shannon Sharp, who gave a beautiful 
um, you know, uh, soliloquy on uh, uh, Undisputed. Um, just so many different players uh, had so many great things to say about the play. And that's what I love the most. You know, we love sports. We love the intensity. We love the competitiveness. We love this uh, uh, warrior mentality that these athletes have uh, week in and week out. And it's like, man, you know, for him to be gone at 33 is just tough to hear. But for he- to hear the type of man that he was... It's just awesome, man. Just awesome. So, you know, rest in peace to Demarius Thomas and prayers to his family and uh, all of his loved ones. Um, You know, yeah, man. Rest in peace, man. Hey, bro, you listening to the sports dance. All right, Black. Now let's go ahead and get into our top five this week. Now, you know, we'll talk about this in depth a little bit later. But, you know, I got to think this top five has something to do with what could take place this week. I'm a boy. (laughs) Talk to us, man. Yeah, man, this week's top five, man, in the spirit of uh shooting the basketball d i want to know what who are your top five shooters of all time so in no particular order except the top guy on this list and it's no brainer who that guy is (laughs) but um i'm gonna switch it up a little bit i kind of feel when people talk their top five shooters man the lists are always so standard but in my era i'm gonna stick to my era watching basketball and give y'all some names of some guys who are truly deadly on their squads. Of course, I'm going to start off with my name. You already know Reggie Miller, that defeats the person. We're going to go ahead and get Reggie out the way, but I'm going to go Hito Turkulu, my boy. <laughs> Hito Turkulu was a gangster out there from three point, man. He was a marksman of the highest order. He was a part of the European way, bringing in those deadly shooters. Next up on my list, Peja Stoyakovich. <laughs> My boy Pager was a killer, man. I remember him in Sacramento pushing my Lakers to the brink for about a good three years, man. It was the Spurs, it was the Kings and the Spurs trying to knock. I mean, uh, yes, Kings and Spurs trying to knock off the Lakers. And I remember that one year, game seven in Sacramento, man. I was nervous as all out. It was on a Sunday evening. And anybody who would listen say the Kings are going to get it done. Pager Stoyakovich came out hot. But the Lakers ultimately prepared. Kobe Bryant said, kick rocks. We're headed to the conference final. Um, what else we got? Number two, Ray Allen. I was a Ray Allen fan before the three. I was a Ray Allen fan when he was with Milwaukee dunking. I was a fan of Ray Allen when he was at <laughs> UConn when the Concord 11s out there doing his thing in the Big Ten tournament. And then all of a sudden, this guy just starts shooting, ripping the basketball, ultimately being one of the five greatest, three greatest shooters of all time. And number one, Wardell. If you want to see a symphony of shooting the basketball, if you want to see it done beautifully, you're going to look at Stephen Wardell Curry. So those are my five, Black. All right, that's a good five, D. Okay, my five. We're going to get into my five. At, num- at number five, D, I think you're going to like this one. I had Glenn Robinson okay. Sr. Big dog. on the list. We had big. Do- he was one of the first guys who was the big body dude who could shoot the three the big and, dog. Shoot- and shoot it well. Yeah. And then at number four, I got 
uh, Dirk Nowinski, mm. another big body. We you you until Dirk came around, you really never seen the four shoot the basketball Mm-mm. Mm-mm. the way Dirk did, and I mean doing at it all. off the one leg, the the step back. It's really it at was all. just yeah, it's yeah. just amazing to watch. At number three, Clay Thompson, man, I have to put Clay on this list. I feel you. Like <laughs> this man, literally. Uh, can't dribble the ball and have didn't dribble the ball and had sixty points. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you know that's that's just in itself Incredible. get you on this list. And then at number two for me, Reggie Miller. I mean, come on, man, he's just an assassin. Reggie, he's a cold blooded assassin. We seen in the nineties coming up. When, if you were a Jordan fan, that's the guy you looked at and you feared, like, man, I hope Jordan don't have to play that guy. <laughs> that was the guy you didn't want to see Michael Jordan play. True. Facts. Michael Jordan played a lot of great players. He did. But you did not want to see him play Reggie Miller. Fearless. And at number one, of course, of course, yeah, Wardell yeah, yeah. himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wardell, like we just said it, he's changed the game. Yep. He's finna break a record that we thought probably wouldn't have been untouched before he just took off. So soon. So, so soon. We thought Ray Allen was go- maybe could potentially have this for a very long time, but the game changed. Yeah. You said it perfectly, D. In, in 20, 2012 and 2013, you really wasn't checking to see who was shooting and who was... Ray Allen was the epitome of, the sh- of yeah, shooting. he was, yeah. But it wasn't a big thing then. It wasn't. And in the course of a few years, the way Steph Curry has changed the game and on the cuffs of becoming the all-time uh, greatest shooter of all time, he has to be number one. Sure. So I got Wardell Curry number one on my list. Shout out Wardell, man. Shout out Wardell. Okay, so that was some good top five. All right, man, we're going to transfer over into our start, bench, or cut. What did you do in camp? Griselda, Griselda. That's the case. All right, Black. Now, last week you tried me. Last <laughs> week, <laughs> last week you tried me, and that thing was a little bit real, man. With uh, last week's star mention cut, so I'm very, very eager to see where you at uh, with this week's star bench or cut. All right, D, I'm gonna take it a little easy on you. Okay, today. cool. Okay, cool. But in okay, the spirit cool. of the NFL, the year of the rookie, we've seen rookies. Mm. Just, man, have amazing season from the quarterback position, from the defensive position, from the wide receiver position. We've seen it all this year from rookies. So these three guys did. And these three guys that you really like and you like to watch them on Sundays. So at at the first guy, Michael Parsons, linebacker, the Dallas Cowboys. Sure. Number two, wide receiver, Jamar Chase, Cincinnati Bengals. Number three. Defensive back, Patrick Sertan mm-hmm. from the Denver Broncos. D, I want to know who you're going to start, who you're going to bench, and who Start Michael Parsons. Start. <laughs> Starting <laughs> Michael Parsons. I knew that would be easy for you. Super easy. <laughs> now, who are we benching? Mm. That's the tough one. I really like Chase, but I'm a big fan of a dude who is just saying, you ain't getting nothing over here. I'm going to bench Patrick Sertain. 
I'm a bit. You ain't getting nothing over here. And these guys are a dime a dozen. They are. You don't see them come through like this kid is a rookie. And if it weren't for Michael Parsons, he'd be defensive rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Patrick Sertain. Yep. And I'm going to, you know, cut Jamar Chase, who's a phenomenal talent, phenomenal athlete. But starting Parsons, benching Sertain, and I'm cutting Chase. Well, did we agree this week? Okay. I tenfold. also are going to start Michael Parsons. I mean, I mean, he's just a madman. Did bro. you see him today? Man, I, I was looking Ooh, at him today. Wee. Me and uh, Papa Gary was at the house. Papa Chilling. Gary. And man, I'm like, yeah, this kid, Woo. he just flashed me. He just flashed all the time on the screen. Mm-hmm. So I got Michael Parsons. I'll start Michael Parsons. I benched uh, Patrick Sertan and I cut uh, Jamar Chase. But man, you can't go wrong with uh, neither three of these guys. No. They're going to be talked about this season for offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, whatever it may be. But uh, just three, three guys who's showing out in their rookie season. Absolutely, absolutely. Good one, Black. Good one, Black. All right, man. So we're going to go ahead and transition out of uh, Start But You Cut. Got a lot we're going to get into today, man. We're going to talk a little college football. We're going to talk some UFC 269. We're going to talk some NBA. And then we're going to get on out of your way. All right. So remember, um, let's see. No, I'll say that at the end of the show. Programming note at the end of the show. All right, let's go ahead and get into uh, college football. Now, again. If this is your first time listening to the Sports Desk and you're wondering why I am about to play a grocery party because that turned into the college football theme when Kentucky, (laughs) Kentucky knocked off the Florida Gators and my dog Waco Flocko was cheering on the field right after the Florida Gators did not get any help (laughs) on the field. All right, let's get it. I got a whole lot of money, y'all in front me, bottle key, poppin' that water So funny. That's our college football theme. At for yeah, at man, the, I'm over here vibing, bro. Like we in the car, something. <laughs> for at the moment, I just really think that's absolutely uh, hilarious. All right, but let's go ahead and get into college football. Last night, the Heisman Trophy presentation took place last night. Um, and we got a winner. We got a winner from the University of Alabama, Bryce Young. I told y'all. <laughs> I told y'all after week two. That I was on the Bryce Young bandwagon and he would win the Heisman landslide. And boy, was it a landslide <laughs> yes, it indeed. Was. Bryce Young, uh, I believe he's the first quarterback from Alabama to win the Heisman Trophy in just devastating fashion. Black, I know you agree with me. They got this right. What are your thoughts on Mr. Young capturing the Heisman Trophy last hey, night? Hey, man, it's becoming a regular thing here now. Sure. Nick Saban to have... At least one guy, mm-hmm. you know, being a running or either win the Heisman Trophy. It's it's crazy to think, D. Think about this. In the luxury, the in the you would say, well, let me say this. You would say Alabama is one of the blue bloods of college of football. In the long history of Alabama, they never had a Heisman Trophy winner until Nick Saban. 
Really? Until Nick Saban. I did not know that. Nick Saban has produced wow. four Heisman Trophy winners since uh, since he became the head coach. And it's crazy to think about, man, all the talent that comes through Alabama year in and year out. And then to see this kid, man, be a f- redshirt freshman and get this done. Get this done. And I'm sitting here thinking like, wow, this kid has another year. Yes. And all we've seen from Alabama quarterbacks are they get better and better with every year. <laughs> so could he win? You know, could he win it again? Could he? It's a strong chance he could. But, man, just to see, man, the year that he had from being one of the best to having uh, downs, losing a football game, and having the games that you call so, you so-called you so say are the big-time games that you need yeah. to, to, to win awards like this. And we've seen it in games from him. When he threw for 500 yards, when he led – Alabama down the field against Auburn, man. Big time overtime to get the win. I mean, this kid had he had plenty of moments that solidify him to be the one to win this to win this Heisman Trophy, man. Excited from him. Was excited for his family, man. Major, major accomplishment. Shout out to Bryce Young on being the Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, you know, gonna be one of the shortest segments. That we've ever had in college football because honestly, like, there's no real conversation. You've seen the talent of this kid week one when they absolutely ramshack the Miami Hurricanes to open up the season. There were times throughout the season where he did look like a freshman, a freshman, but it wasn't many. After the Florida game, everybody said Alabama can't be beat. And then they were beat by Texas AM. Obviously, his worst game of the season is when they played Texas AM. But they bounced back. People started writing off Alabama because of Bryce Young after the AM loss. But what happened? When you have the great Nick Saban behind you, who rallied the troops and got everybody refocused, what did they do? They got together and they got right back at it. And the one thing that I'll probably always remember, because I don't know what his future holds next season uh, being a quarterback at Alabama, but that Auburn game, when it looked like Auburn had all but had that game won. And in the fourth quarter, this kid said no in Jordan Ayers, 100,000. As a freshman, I don't care how good or how bad Auburn was at the time. This is 100 racks. (laughs) In Jordan Ayers against your biggest rivalry every single year. It's the Iron Bowl. I don't care how good Auburn is or how good Alabama is. That's their game. And what did he do? He drove the car around the neighborhood and didn't get a dent or a scratch on it. He made it home. He pulled it into the, to the garage. He got out of the car and he went into the house with not a piece of bird poop, not a piece of dirt or nothing on the car. That's what he did as a young Red shirt freshman. All of the other nominees who were invited to New York, I hope those guys had a great time. They knew too. They knew. This was his award to lose. This kid is phenomenal. And guess what? The scary thing is, he's still raw. He better than Tua. When we first saw Tua his first year, we thought Tua was like, good God. 
And rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Tua had a fantastic year after he came in and he won a national championship in the national championship game. But Tua fizzed out, injuries and all that came on. But this kid, what he's doing now, man, Nick's, Nick ain't never had this. Mm. And they young. And Nick Coach Saban was saying this last night. I did uh, catch bits and pieces of what he's saying. This is his youngest team. Them boys is babies in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> It's scary. It's scary. He deserves this. He is the best player in college. I know Jordan Davis is a wrecking machine, but he don't touch the ball every play. He don't. And he don't line up on the one-yard line in Jordan Ayers and go 99 yards and tell people to shut the hell up. And then in overtime, when you thought you had him, he takes your guts from you and he sends you home. And they had to take all their toilet paper and their tissue with them back because they weren't throwing nothing on no trees that night. And then the following week, <laughs> them dogs was in Atlanta and they thought it was super sweet. Boy, that boy had them boys hollering, but we need some help. We need some help. The young man deserves it. Excellent season. Shout out to... <laughs> Bryce Young, I told you I was on the bandwagon after week three. Yeah, 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 yeah. All oh, y'all, you were riding with Fifth Rattler. Mm-hmm. I was. Mm-hmm. And I came on here publicly <laughs> and I did it the right way. I told you, I am off the Spencer bandwagon, Spencer Rattler bandwagon. And I'm sitting next to Bryce Young on the bus. Shout out to that kid. Black in the final thoughts on Mr. Young. Uh no man. Just it's it's like he like we just saying, man, it's 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 amazing what Nick Saban has done with this young talent around him. Yeah. And and we forget that the the uh I, I was looking at the the final votes and everything. The freaking linebacker started finished top five in Heisman too for Alabama. He did. Uh Anderson, Will Anderson, he finished. I'm like, oh my goodness. Babies, God, you know, but it's just amazing, man. Like Bryce Young is hands down. If people may not want to believe it or say it, and he just said it, he let you know one of the best quarterbacks uh, Nick Saban has ever had in his career, if not the best. Let's keep <laughs> it real. Career. If not the best, you know, Matt. People look at Matt Jones. Matt Jones did some wonderful things, but he, he just did. did it one year. One year. One, one year. year. This kid has been at Alabama for almost well. This is he's going into his third year because he's a red shirt sophomore. I mean freshman, so he's going to have three years under Nick Saban. So Nick Saban was able to groom him, get him ready for this moment. And man, what better place? And this kid is from the West Coast, California. He said, "Man, I'm finna go to Alabama, Tuscaloosa." He said, I'm going to go all the way down south to Alabama and see what I can do with Nick Saban. Got to holler at Nick. Hey, and look, man, and look, this is the reason why we call Nick the Godfather. The Godfather. Yes. This is why you should be scared on Saturdays when you have to play this man. This is why you should be scared when Nick Saban goes to your son's house. He sits there <laughs> and you're, you're, and you hope, oh, Nick Saban's going to this kid's house? Oh, man, I'm not going to get him. Because you know what Nick Saban do when he go to these parents' house? And don't let none of them, don't let none of the mothers uh, cook well. Nick don't say much. Nick sit down, have him a little macaroni and cheese. He does. A little collard greens. He does. Some down south fried chicken. He does that good cornbread, too. And some, 
There you go, D, the good old sweet cornbread. And you know what Nick do while he eating? He just eating, but you know what they looking at? They looking at all them rings on their finger. And when Nick's get when Nick's get when Nick Saban gets ready to leave, he just say, "Son, just come to Alabama. I'll make it worth your while." Take care of your son. So if you're in, for for recruiting purposes, if Nick Saban is going to one of your kids' house that you want to come to your institution, just give it up. Give it up. The biggest facts. Nick Saban is a genius. Bryce Young can potentially be. A two-time Heisman winner. We were talking about this in the group. Yeah. We could potentially see this kid do it again. And we hadn't seen this in a very long time since uh, Campbell, two-time winner, running back from Ohio State. Yeah. I can't think it's Earl. Earl Campbell. We haven't seen it since then. And how long ago that was, D? I wasn't A couple alive. decades ago? <laughs> I probably wasn't alive. This yet. is something. This, this, this could potentially be another record we seeing broke again because we hadn't seen it in so long. So... Shout out to Bryce Young, man, on an amazing, on an amazing season and capturing the Heisman Trophy. And and we're going to move on, but keep this in mind, listeners. The difference between like Mac Jones and you know Devontae Smith and all those guys who was on the same thing. Don't when these guys in Alabama when they hit and they strike, these guys are usually juniors or seniors. Mm-hmm. They usually moving on. Yeah, but Mitchie and them boys coming back. <laughs> they coming back. Mm-hmm. Bryce coming back. They loaded, bro. Mm-hmm. Williams coming they back. They young. Mm-hmm. And they, they so I'm in tr- I told y'all last week if you listen to the show, ah, this is a different type of Alabama feeling for me cuz these are kids. It don't feel like they it don't feel like these are grown just assault men out here just assaulting children as we've seen in the past. When you seen Derrick Henry stand next to Mark Ingram, Mark Ingle was is in the league. Dan Henry was getting ready to play for the national championship, and he looking like Megatron. <laughs> That's a problem. But these kids that they got out here, boy, I, Mitch, I love that boy. That boy be far clean out there. Mm-hmm. And I love Bryce Young. Shout out to that kid, man. He deserve it. Shout out to you if you just so happen to hit us for the sports desk. We offer you the biggest congratulations. All right, Black, we might have a developing story here in the ACC. With potentially Clemson University. Mm. Now, Black, I believe it was, I think it was maybe Monday they announced Oklahoma that Brent Venables is coming from being the defense coordinator at Clemson. Been there for a long time. Responsible for some very great defenses. Now he is the head coach for the Oklahoma Sooners. I like that hire for Oklahoma. I do. That is a sturdy, stable, good hire for the Sooners, okay? But after that, a lot of rumbling started happening about Dabble Sweeney being linked to the Las Vegas Raiders job. He was out in Las Vegas the last week of their season, hanging out with Mark Davis and having on Oakland, uh, Las Vegas Raiders gear. And then I believe today he loses, or the other day he loses his offensive coordinator, who is now the new head coach at Virginia. Now, Black... I was on Bleach Report, and you and our college football correspondent, Cedric Farr, and our guy Dunbar, y'all are big on the recruiting. Way bigger than me, but I was looking today, Black. I was on break, chilling at work, and a lot of the Clemson recruits are kind of pausing because mm-hmm. the rumblings are getting louder. Black, is there a chance that Dabo Sweeney could also leave Clemson and make the jump to the NFL? 
<laughs> in today's football, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. This this man has done a lot for Clemson. A lot, brung them a very long way. Yeah, you know, it was a point in time Clemson was at the bottom of the totem pole in yeah. the ACC. Yeah, and he rose them to greatness. Yeah, and to win two national championships. Yeah, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Great quarterbacks coming out, great athletes to come out of there. Sam, Sammy Watkins, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, CJ Spiller. You know, great players have come from out of Clemson. But man, I'm just looking at this, Dean. I'm like, man, this whole thing is falling apart for Dabo. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, like, wow, these guys have been under Dabo for years and years and years. And then both of them. Dip at the same time? That's kind of raising some eyebrows for me. And 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 the one thing that rose other eyebrows for me when he talked to, to the offensive court name, who which his last name is Elliot, uh, he said he had a long conversation with him, and when the conversation was over, Dabo was in tears. Mm. So I don't know what that's about, D, but he ain't <laughs> listen to me. He ain't at the Las Vegas Raiders game for nothing, bro. Not the final week of the season. If it's one thing that we know, if it's one guy who can get that guy, and we all know the saying, scared money don't make money. At all. It's, uh, what's his name? Mark Davis. It's Mark Davis. He's always going to get his guy. Got a whole lot of that. Whole lot of money. And I wouldn't be shocked if we see Dabo go take the next step and dibble and dabble into the NFL. I actually would like it. Young mm. coach in, in, in Las Vegas. Let's see what happens. Mm. So, um, D, it, it could be true, but this Clemson thing, man, to see these kids decommitting. And the thing that's getting me about it, these are these are kids that's decommitting on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Dabo's not being able to keep these kids there. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing, it's a difference. When you see coaches leave Nick Saban, do you see kids decommit? No, you do not. They stay put. <laughs> and they keep coming to the school. Exactly. Dabo has, I, I, if he is staying, he has to find a way to be able to keep his kids there. And that's not what's, what's happening. I mean, the clock is ticking. Shoot, we you we didn't have, what, four or five decommitments from Clemson since they announced Elliot was leaving. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, man, this is crazy. But, D, I would not be shocked, man, if he going and, you know, test them waters in the NFL. I can imagine what Dabble is feeling and what he's thinking around this time. And I seen somebody say this on Twitter the other day. They say Dabble Sweeney is just an uptick version of Ed Orgeron. Hmm. They said Dabble is not the X's and O's brains of Clemson University. Hmm. The defenses were great, not because of Dabble. Dabble was the master motivator, but Brent Venable was the guy initiating and implementing the defenses there. I said, well, okay, okay. Then I got to thinking, when have I ever seen Dabo with a headset? When have I seen Dabo really be fully functioning, calling plays, just being involved? He's always been the big motivator. This is Clemson University. BYOG, bring your own guts. After they beat Notre Dame in the fall and rain. Winning national championships, just, you know, having an excellent staff and excellent players. And now his top two guys are no longer there. 
So what do you do, Dabo? Now, hear me out. When Lane Kiffin was in Alabama, got the old Miss job, and parted ways, we had a office of coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian, in line the next week. <laughs> when Steve Sarkeesian went on to the University of Texas, and the reason I'm, I'm comparing Dabo to uh, uh, Nick, because outside of Nick Saban, who's won more titles? Mm-hmm. Only Dabo. No one else can make that claim. That's why I'm using those two. So, follow me. Soon as Sark goes to Texas, the next week, he has Bill O'Brien, NFL former head coach, offensive mind, uh, uh, former head coach. Now his office is a coordinator at Alabama. I ain't seen one drop of news about anybody being announced as a defensive offensive quarter coordinator at the University of Clemson. Like, I think Dabble is really, really having a hard time right now. And I also believe Dabble wasn't at that Las Vegas Raiders game for nothing. I, I, I believe that. Dabble looks like the type, as soon as the well has runneth dry, mm. I'm out. Because I don't think he's going to want to stick around for a true rebuild. Now, all that Clemson went through this year, they still went 9-3. and three. That's a good year for average teams, not for Clemson, but for average teams and college. That's a very good year. So I think Dabo out of there. <laughs> I think it's only a matter of time. But here's the thing. The Las Vegas Raiders still have four games left. After getting absolutely ramshacked by the Kansas City Chiefs today. They are done for. Wave the white flag. Mm-hmm. So when. Will Dabo leave? That's the question. National Sign Day coming up. A lot of recruits listening. They hoping and they waiting. Dabo got to say something. And he better say it quick. Because there are teams in the ACC who are going to be building and building and building. And they're not going anywhere. Clemson has work to do. And if Dabo Sweeney doesn't make it very clear that he's staying put and is dedicated to building Clemson University back to a national championship contending team? Things going to get ugly in Clemson, man. And they going to mm-hmm. get ugly fast. And when I look at Dabo, he's had Watson. He's had uh, Trevor, Sunshine. He's had NT. He's had mega players. But last season, he didn't. He talked a lot of somber talk last year. And I think Dabo Sweeney has already packed his first suitcase. He's just waiting for the other suitcases to arrive so he can pack the rest of his stuff. Oh. I think Dabo Sweeney will no longer be at Clemson. That's my hot take. He'll be the next head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Mm-hmm. I think the Raiders are looking for a splash. I think the Raiders are looking for some hot sauce after getting underneath the John Gruden situation. What other splash could you make by bringing in Dabo Sweeney? I don't know. I kind of would like to see it. Oh, yeah. Of I kind of would like to see it. Kind of like to see it. All right, man. So we're going to transition out of college football. We got the bowl games coming up. Of course, we got the playoff coming up. Me and Black had a lot of fun talking about the potential bowl. Well, the bowl games, the playoffs had a lot of fun uh, talking about those things. But now we got to transition. We got to talk some business, man. 
We got to talk some minutes, man. We have to talk about UFC 269 that took place last night. And I'm very, very, me and Black have not spoken. We have not spoken about UFC 269, but we're about to talk about it. Reduce lunch sports, man. Come on now. New sports desk. All right, Black. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get with it. Now, Black, let me tell you a little story real quick. Yesterday, Black, I had a hard day. I had a hard day, Black. And uh, I watched the prelims, and I, I knew I wasn't going to make it to the pay-per-view. I just knew it. I knew I, there was no way I was going to make it to the pay-per-view as tired as I was. So, Black, I went to bed last night. I went to bed last night. Now, I hear my phone ringing. <laughs> I hear my phone ringing. I'm going to be the God honest truth because I knew it was you. <laughs> and I said to myself how I was feeling at the time when I hear my phone ringing. Every time my phone rings, the first thing I do is I reach over and I feel for my wife just to make sure she's there. I don't know why this is what I do. So once, I, once she was there and I heard the phone ringing, I already knew who it was. And as soon as I heard it, I said to myself, Amanda Nunez lost. <laughs> now I didn't watch nothing. I didn't watch. I don't know. This is a, this is a true story. Because the only time that this man is, I'm talking about black, calls me is when it's really popping off somewhere after midnight. And I said, and the two things happen as I'm laying in my sleep. I'm I ain't even open my eyes because I knew it was him. I said I had to call, bro, in the morning. I said either Amanda Nunez lost or she absolutely detached Julia Pena's head from her body. <laughs> it was either one or two things, but I was riding with the loss. So, Black, let's go ahead and get into it. We will talk about Dustin Poirier versus, uh, 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 oh, I can't disrespect this man. Uh, the champion, Charles Oliveira. My bad, Charles. We love you here at the Sports Desk. Please do not be offended. But we have to get to this record-breaking situation. Now, Black, last night, Julia Pena, mm. a journeyman in the UFC. She was a part, I believe she was a part of one of the original Ultimate Fires when they brought it back. Winner. 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 Yeah, mm-hmm. she was one of she was a part of that. Julia Pena has been in the UFC for almost, man, a decade almost, if. Mm-hmm. And she's been fighting and fighting, and she had never got her shot at the title. She was supposed to meet Amanda Nunez at UFC 200, but Ronda Rousey ruined those plans in return. Julian Pena was also supposed to meet uh, 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 Amanda Nunez at UFC 266, I believe it was. COVID. But Nunez got COVID. And then the fight was booked. And I found it interesting, the confidence that Pena displayed building up to this fight. 
But I also was alarmed by Amanda not responding the way that she normally would when trash was being talked to her a la the press conference. It was different. It was weird. The last time we seen the lioness, she was not impressive. She went five rounds in a very unimpressive win, her last title defense. Now, before I go any further, Black Julia Pena shocked the world at plus 700 odds. Last night, if you would have put $50 on Julia Pena last night, you walked away with $7,500. Please tell me you put on, on one pick. I did not. Damn. <laughs> you walked away $7,500 richer if you took Julia Pena Black. Julia Pena is now mm. the new Bantamweight champion in the women's division. Black, I want you to walk me through you watching this fight live because I did not watch it live. I have since watched it, but I want to hear from you because we have not spoken. Talk to me, Black. You watching Pena submit the lioness, what was it like? Man, <laughs> believe it or not, man, I was so ec ecstatic that I was off of this card. I said, man, this usually sure. don't happen. Sure, sure. And, man, just amazing, man, to be able to be off. And I was kind of giddy all day about this card because I was just like, man, Charles and, and Poirier yeah. and Nunes and... Yeah. I, I'm, I'm saying to myself already how is Nunez going to tap a, kill this girl basically mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm saying it to myself and even my wife she was like it's fight tonight I was like yes and I can't wait <laughs> I said well I wish my homeboy was I, was, I want to go to Air House for this one. oh man throwback throwback you know what I'm saying <laughs> but man to get home and man I didn't watch no prelims I didn't watch any prelims I just watched my clock to 10 o'clock hit and then I hit the I hit the link my boy <laughs> Yes, you did. I hit the link, and um, man, seeing and, and the fights was going. I was like, "Dang, these fights is going quick." quick Sean quick. O'Malley got his guy there. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> Gilbert. What's his name? Uh, man, what's the kid? What's the kid name, man? Uh, Cody Garbrand got put to sleep. Yeah, Franz he was gone. So and and then the other two fight, other fight went quick. I was like, okay. So here we go, man. So I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the entrance walks. I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at Pena. I'm like, boy, she like focused for real. Yes. yes. Like she had like one of them Conor McGregor type yeah, face. Yeah. When McGregor was at his height, yeah. you know, I'm doing his thing. I was like, wow. Yeah. And then I'm looking at Nunez, and she just smiling and yeah, <laughs> kind of giddy. Yeah, hitting people hands in the crowd. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get in the ring, D. They get in the ring, and Julia Pena is dancing to Amanda Nunes' music. Yeah. I was like, you usually don't see that. No, you do not. So I'm like, it's, we could potentially have a situation. Yeah. Just based on that. Sure. And, but I always got in the back of my head, this still is Amanda Nunes. The goal. That we're talking about here. You have to be careful when you talk about Amanda Nunes. If you have a thought and you say something could happen about Amanda Nunes, you just keep that in the back of your mind. Sure. <laughs> Regular people do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, D, the fight go. We get into the first round, Bell Reigns. And, man, Nunes was looking like Nunes at first. Sure. She was hitting her, took her down. I'm like, oh, man. Dropped her. 
But in the midst of all that, Pena, she stayed calm. She never let Amanda Nunes control anything on the ground. All she did was protect herself and basically stayed there for a whole four minutes on the ground. Got up, went to her corner. Her corner was telling her, gave her great advice. And it was actually, uh, uh, Pena was saying, she didn't do nothing to me. I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm, I'm still here. I'm good. So they gave her her instructions. She went back out there. And then I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Pena came out throwing them hands. Yes, she did. I have never in my life, as long as I've been watching Amanda Nunes, we've seen her have her battles with Seth Sanko. And yep. mm-hmm. you see, but I've never seen her be hit in her face like that. Big bombs. And I have to agree with Daniel Cormier and who the other two guys? Uh, Joe who, Rogan, John Joe Andy. Rogan. The same time they seen the switch, I seen it too, D. Yeah. Amanda was looking like, oh, shit. She was. What have I gotten myself into? She was. She was. This is the GOAT, nah. This is the GOAT. This is the GOAT. To see Julia Pena, the way she was using that jab and yeah. then putting them into with combinations, D, and to be that assassin. And say, I ain't going to let you out of here. The girl was so in the moment, D, when she submitted her, she didn't even know she submitted her. She didn't even. Oh, my. She was so. She was so in the moment and focused on getting her out of here. She didn't even know she did it. Crazy. I've never seen it. They pulled this woman off of her and she asked the doctor, what's going on? She he was like, darling, you won the fight. Congratulations. She was like, okay. I was like, you never see that. I've never seen that. Never. And I have never in my life seen Amanda Nunes. She's a dog. We've seen her in some wars. But for her mm-hmm. to go away that quickly. She didn't want to be in there. She didn't want to be in there, D. We had hit in the run. We was listening to Embedded, the, the, the countdown. Yeah. We were hitting the- Julia Pena put her on blast on she the did. press conference. She did. I heard you, you and your camp, you ain't doing what you supposed to be doing. You ain't training. You ain't But training. when I got to the wins, I was like, man, they, they, she probably just blowing smoke. I was like, damn, Nunez came in at 134. She, oh, she, okay. Yeah. yeah, she ready. She ready. Yeah. Championship weight. But Pena knew. She was like, you ain't doing what you supposed to be in there. You happy about being a new mommy. Yeah. And doing all those great things, which once you become GOAT, you start doing all the other things. We see it with Conor McGregor. And now we're seeing it with her. Mm-hmm. She has done everything she needed to do in the UFC. And she just came across a young, hungry lion. Who said I wasn't going to be denied. And then, put into this. This girl has been training for Amanda Nunes for two years. Two years. She had had a fight on a contract for one year. This is her first <laughs> fight on contract was Amanda Nunes. So she had the time and the energy to put there. To put it there. This girl bit down on her her mouthpiece and said, "Let's do it," knowing that she could potentially get hit, and she did. Big hit. But she stayed right there pressing forward. D toughness. That's scary to see that done to Amanda Nunes. H- haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. What she pulled off, D, is one of the biggest upsets, in my opinion. Sure. Because I was under the impression Manny Nunes could not be touched or wasn't going to be beaten. 
mm-hmm. by any woman in the UFC, but I was wrong. Yeah. In the UFC, every single person have their time. Sure. Everyone does. And sure. it was just Amanda Nunes. Now, would Amanda Nunes rebound and maybe get her? Well, I'm pretty sure she probably will. Or she might not. Or she might not. That course may be done for her. We don't know what Amanda. She, Amanda has done literally everything she could do for the UFC. We don't know what's going to happen. But to see her get done like that, D, in that fashion, and yeah. get submitted and lose her belt, it was very shocking to me. I was expecting a little more from her, but she said the right thing. She said the truth, and I respect her for this. She's like, she checked out, man. I can, and you can see it all over her face. When she started getting them, when them bombs started hitting her mouth, her face and her nose, she was checked out. Sorry. I seen checked out all over her face. Yeah. But man, big shout out to Julia Pena for being the new champ at 135. Great, great win. This is going down in history, man. The way this was done in two rounds. That's a big deal for me, D, man. I was on my knee. My, my beautiful wife was like, what you doing on your knees? I was like, man, I'm trying to get D on the phone. like, oh, sh- my homeboy got to work. Dang. <laughs> I was about to wake my nine-month-year-old son up. I didn't sleep, man. I was so excited. <laughs> it was beautiful to watch D. Shout out to Amanda. I mean, shout out to Julia uh, Pena on a great win last night over Amanda Nunes. Shocked. Stunned, flabbergasted, shortness of breath, confused, still don't understand how or why. That was just my initial thoughts on the whole situation. Secondly, like I said, it was uneasy leading up to the fight because Amanda wanted to be in Amanda. Julia Pena was laser sharp focused, and I said to myself, all week, what problems could Junior Pena give to Amanda what what could she do to really give Amanda a fight and the only thing that I can think of is man this girl is tough she's just tough she's been calling out Nunez for over a year calling her out so I didn't see the fight live I knew when my phone was ringing it was black and I knew that Amanda had lost so I watched the fight today this morning I watched the fight I get up I watched the fight Amanda Nunes did not want to be in the octagon. Amanda Nunes is high off life with her family. Amanda Nunes is high off all of her accomplishments. Amanda Nunes is solidified as the GOAT. There's not another female fighter alive that can be in the same conversation as this woman. All the things that she has done and all the things that she has accomplished. There's no one at her table. Not Chris Cyborg, not Ronda Rousey, not Misha Tate. No one's there. And she's carrying that with her, knowing that. No excuses, but it's a fact. So for Pena to capitalize and know the information that she knew, Amanda Nunes had a rat in her camp. (laughs) There was an informant in Amanda Nunes' camp linking information of what Amanda was not doing. And Julia Pena was telling the 100% truth of Amanda not being prepared. Amanda paid for this. This is the second biggest upset in UFC history, a la Chris Weidman, Anderson Silva. That's the biggest. I don't think nothing tops that. But it's right there. So congratulations to the brand new champion. 
But in six months or less, Amanda has already been given a rematch. She will fight for that 135 crown one more time against Julia Pena. Will be a different story, different atmosphere. We have time to talk about that. But we are going to get that fight. Because last night, Amanda Nunes quit. When Amanda Nunes was in that choke, the choke wasn't even in and she tapped. <laughs> she wanted no parts of it. She was ready to go home. She's taking break after break after break. She's been a simultaneous champion for over almost two years. Can you imagine the stress? Hmm. Can you imagine what it takes to carry two divisions on your shoulders for over two years? None of us can because you want to know why? She's the only one to ever do it. No other UFC fighter has held both titles and defended them simultaneously. It's never happened. She's the only one. Defended it. Simultaneously, it's never been done. Tudo did. No, he didn't. He didn't defend it. He won it. He won it and defended. He did not defend it simultaneously. Jacksonville May. He 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 defended both. He did not before he retired he here in Jacksonville. It. He didn't defend it. He didn't defend it. Ugh. His last, so he won that belt here in and Jacksonville. He retired. He retired after he beat after he beat uh. What's Dominic Cruz? Who did he be? Who whoever his last fight was? He retired. T.J. Dillashaw, he won the... Oh, you're right. He did defend it. He defended But he both. didn't defend the other one. Okay, okay. He didn't okay. defend the other one. Okay, Amanda okay. has defended both. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, all right. You're right. right. So you are right, but he didn't defend both. So yeah. So long story short, let's go ahead and get into this conversation real quick. <laughs> Rufio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. RJ. You say Chris Cyborg, she's the... No, she is not. You watch, like I watch, Amanda Nunez knock her over. And put her to sleep. Amanda Nunes is still the GOAT. In my opinion, Amanda Nunes is my in my top five all time. She's in my top five all time. Universally, she's in the top ten, and I'm cool with that. But she's in my top five all time. All of the GOATs have their day. It's only one GOAT that I haven't seen have their day, and he don't fight at all. John Jones. <laughs> I've seen GSP have his day. He arguably lost to Johnny Hendricks, his last fight at welterweight before he gave up the belt. Johnny Hendricks should have been named new welterweight champion. If you looked at him and you looked at George, George lost that fight. Moving on. You've seen all of the goals. Anderson Silva have their day. BJ Penn have their day. You've seen everyone get to their point. And Amanda Nunes might be at hers. But she's still the GOAT. She's still in my top five all time. And she'll have an opportunity to rectify the situation if she chooses to do so. But the one thing that no one's talking about, I saw one guy say today, the former champ. She's not a former champ. She's still the champ. Mm -hmm. She has a 145-pound title still around her waist. So she lost. I say it all the time. Boxing and MMA are two different things. You have to prepare for multiple attacks on your body in MMA. And in boxing, you don't got to worry about that. So shout out to Julian Pena for defeating the GOAT. And we'll see what takes place to come. All right, Black, let's kind of expedite this. Charles Oliveira, my boy. Man. Charles Oliveira did it again, man. <laughs> Dustin Poirier was a plus 175 a minus 175 favorite to win this fight. 
Oliveira keeps getting disrespected fight Ugh. after fight after fight. And what does he do? He keeps winning. Black, when I saw this fight this morning, what a first round. It looked like Dustin Poirier was about to bring it home. And how much punishment can Oliveira take? And then he flips this thing around and gets it done by choke. He chokes out Dustin the Diamond Poirier, probably the red hottest fighter in the UFC besides himself, and retains the uh, lightweight championship at 155. Black, what was your thoughts on Oliveira getting the job done against the Diamond? Man, whoever called this man a quitter, man, they need to stop this. I'm telling you. Like, maybe this was when he was, I don't know, I I don't know where the whole quit thing came from. I just, I guess he always had that in his mind, but this man was taking some shots. God, in the first round, Poirier. God, Jesus. I'm like, oh my goodness. But I was like, you know what? We've seen this before. We've seen this before. In his last outing, he was getting punished in the first round. Thought it was over. We thought it was over. And this dude... Did the same thing once again. He comes out in the second round and demolished his opponent. Yep. He didn't give Poirier a chance in the second round. He did not. He did not. When Poirier thought he was going to be able to use them hands, he said, "Uh uh-uh. We finna go down (laughs) on this ground. (laughs) Poirier lied in his press conference yesterday after the fight. They asked Dustin Poirier, did any of the body shots that he was giving you, did they hurt? Nah, they really didn't hurt. They, he, the one kick that would hurt. Man, I seen him when he kicked you. Your, your whole body shifted. So you tell yeah. me if it didn't hurt. After he kept kicking you in your belly, you went back to your corner, walking different. <laughs> then when he took you to the ground, you didn't even want to move. Stayed there in pain. That's what he was in. <laughs> While he smashed your head in the canvas. Couldn't do nothing about it. <laughs> Couldn't do nothing about it. And then in the second round, he hops on your back. Mm-hmm. Real naked choke. I've never seen a choke like this in, in my in a very long time. I've seen it before, but in a very long time. To put to get on all fours and get on someone's back and choke them out. It's, it's amazing, D, to see see it, man, to see what Oliver is doing. It's like he, it seems like he done won the belt and he got more dangerous. Yep. Yep. It's like him, it's, it's like him and uh, Kamara like, got this same type of energy. These boys done won the belt and every fight they didn't got better. Yep. Even though this is his first time defending it, but he looked better than he did in the last fight when he won the belt. Yep. This guy, everybody at 155, y'all better watch out, man. I know it's I know it's some hitters and I I I know I know uh what's his face Gaethje. got the next Gaethje got the next shot and the reason I'm enjoy that one because he ain't like Poirier. Poirier a gentleman. Mm-hmm. Gaethje, he just wanted them I I ain't he nasty. He nasty. And then he got real knockout power in both hands. So I don't know if Oliveira can take those shots from Gaethje that he was taking from Poirier. Great question. But to see how Oliveira, like you said, how he is overcoming the odds every time out when everybody's been doubting him, running his name in the dirt. 
Oh, he's a quitter. He won't last. He won't be champion for long. He keeps proving y'all wrong. Y'all keep talking about this same thing with this man. It's time to put some respect on his name. Because I'm seeing the same thing I'm seeing from Kamar Usma with him. He's only getting better as he goes. He's not backpedaling. He's getting better. And he, and he said to himself, he said, I don't care about you hitting me. You can hit me. You can hit me. I'm going to get up. And I'm going to do what I do best. Get you out of there. Because it looked like the second round, his round, bro. He get, he get his face bashed in and come out the second round and get his opponents out of there. Shout out to shout out to Poye, man. On he had a hell of a year, man. He, he just did. can't get yeah. it done. It's 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 levels, bro. Mm -hmm. It's levels. We always say when you fight for the championship, it's levels. Oliveira's on another level, and man, what a way to submit Poye and and still be a one hundred fifty pound one hundred fifty five pound champ in the UFC. That one fifty five division is stacked. It is. Uh, Poirier deserved the chat, the title shot. He did. He did. Um, he had a hell of a year. You, you knocked off the biggest superstar in the world twice in one year in devastating fashion both times. He's been on a roll even before then. Uh, I believe he beat Dan Hooker, and he also beat somebody else. I can't think of who the uh, Gaethje. And he beat Justin Gaethje in a oh my god in a war. Oh my god, that was a nasty fight. But um, Dustin, man, I kind of felt bad for him. I kind of felt bad for Dustin last night because I, 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 I like Charles. I do. I think he's a great fighter. He's entertaining, and he has a great story. But it just felt like Dustin was going to have his time. He was going to have his night, and he did it. And it's just it, you literally saw the same fights when Michael Chandler and uh, Oliveira fought versus Oliveira and Dustin. Michael Chandler was killing this man. <laughs> he was killing him. Yes, he was. And I'm like, oh, it's over. <laughs> Michael Chandler finna do this thing. Get to the end of the first round, can't put him in. Then the second round, Oliver just gets nasty with it. <laughs> Same thing he did with Dustin. Dustin, when that kick came across that belly, <laughs> he was done. <laughs> he was done. I'm just waiting to hear if he got a broke rib, but he got something going on rear range. He said he was belly. good. He lied he in the press conference. He, he said he was that good. That boy was hurt. <laughs> That boy was hurt bad, but Charles is resilient. Mm -hmm. You are not going to dispose of him easily. You literally probably going to have to kill this man to beat him. Now, I will say this going forward. Chandler got power. Poirier got power. But if it's one person that can get him out here unconscious, it is Justin Gaethje. And if Gaethje catches him, flush Oliver going to sleep. <laughs> I know Oliver, but I just can't. Oliver gives himself up a lot in these he first does, rounds. He does, D. He does. It's he like does. he wants to be hit. It's like he wants to taste his blood. It's like it's like he's fiending for a little bit of punishment before he gets going. It's crazy. His fights are crazy. Mm -hmm. But he's a 155-pound champion, and he deserves it. Shout out to Charles Olivera. Big ups to Dustin Poirier. Class always. Giving twenty thousand dollars to Oliveira's charity right after the fight, just up class. Dustin Poirier is not done. Mm -mm. He got to get back in line, knock a couple of guys down, and he can get him another championship fight. He can get him another one. It, uh, he said in the press conference, and I wanted to ask you this about him maybe potentially flirting with moving up to one seventy. Do you think that'll be something for him to look at? Because will he really want to? You know, run that gauntlet again at 155 with it being so loaded 
with so many people up and coming at 155, do you think he should give himself a chance and see what he could do at 170 with those guys? I don't know because I don't know how big of a 170-year he would be. Usman is a large man. He is. At 170. He's big. Um, 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 Covington's a big one. These guys are big 170s. And I don't know if 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 Dustin can put Dustin's a big 155er. He definitely can make 170. If he goes and tries it, I'm not really too sure. I'm not really too sure too sure if he will get through that gauntlet and get opportunity to fight for the title. Okay. I kind of think he's closer to the championship at 55. He has to take care of a couple guys, and I gotta think he'll be back in line. Don't let Gaethje mess around and beat Oliveira. Poirier's right back in it. Because he, he beat, beat Gaethje. Gaethje. Yep. He beat Gaethje. So, I think he should stay where he is. Maybe the next fight that... The, the fight that makes the most sense right away is him and Michael Chandler. That's the next fight. Yeah. Justin Poirier, Michael Chandler, make the fight, Dana. It's simple. <laughs> it's simple. That should be the next fight. I don't know if that will happen because that means Chandler could possibly be on a three-fight losing streak and Poirier could potentially be losing back-to-back. So, I don't know if that will happen. But in my mind... If they're true contenders, then you need to make that fight. Make that fight. But yeah. we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So, shout out to Julia Pena. Shout out to Charles Oliveira. Great night for the UFC. Uh, shout out to Dominic Cruz, man. Getting back on track. Shocking. Uh, and winning his fight in the prelims. He was an underdog in his fight, and he got his uh, got the victory. And look, <laughs> when y'all going to put Sean O'Malley, man, in there with somebody who got real deal potential? When? When is we going to see Sean O'Malley versus a contender in the 145-pound division? When are we going to see it? It's time. It's time. Why y'all keep throwing him in there against them ducks? I mean, and he, and he oh put these boys to rest. Uh, the, <laughs> Sean O'Malley, fun fact, his last three times on fight cards, he has been the biggest plus minus on betting odds. The biggest. This man was almost a plus 900 favorite. That's that's ridiculous, man. That means y'all need to find him some stiffer competition, man. It's time for us to see Sean O'Malley at least against a top 10 contender. At least in the division. Let's see how it goes, man. But great night for the UFC. Really enjoyed. They always put on great events. And like always, the sport of boxing, y'all can learn something. (laughs) I hate to say it, man, but I'm just going to keep it real. The sport of boxing, y'all can absolutely learn something. From what Dana White with the UFC got going on. All right, man, we're going to move out of UFC. We're going to stop by the NBA, and then we're going to get out of here. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit of the NBA right now. All right, Black. So let's get back into Steph Curry. So we talked about him at the top of the show being uh, this transcendent, uh, uh, influential, uh, generational talent in the world of basketball. But Steph Curry is about to come up on 
a pretty significant milestone. Uh, probably his next game, he is going to be the all-time three-point uh, king. He have the most threes made in NBA history. Now, Black, I can go back over a decade, man, when uh he was at Davidson. And you were one of the only few guys who were on the Steph Curry radar. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Black, just from him at Davidson to what he's uh, uh, become and what he's experienced, you know, three-time champion, MVP, to now him being the king of the three-point shots, just – how do you feel about Steph Curry watching this and seeing this? What does it mean to you seeing him doing this, man? It's crazy to watch watch it, man, especially seeing him coming from Davis. You know, I was I was a big fan. Seeing this guy, man, doing uh doing what he did like in, in certain games in college, man. I was a huge fan. Shoot, I had a I had a Davidson hoodie. I had a Davidson hoodie just on the strength of Steph Curry. Not knowing, you know, he was gonna be this. Even I was a fan, but I didn't know he was going to be this, you know, like this, <laughs> the thing he's doing, man, been on the cuffs of breaking that three point record. It's amazing to watch, man. But we always knew he had the guts in college. We always knew he could light that thing up at any moment, man. This kid had dudes coming, coming to his games on their night off, man. They was flying out wherever he was playing. They was going on NBA dudes was flying out to go see Steph Curry play basketball. For Davidson, not for Duke, not for Kentucky, for Davidson. So you always knew that he had the goods and he was tough, man, coming out of Davidson. But, man, he surpassed what I thought that he could potentially, what I thought he was going to be in the league, man. And it's just amazing to see that he finna get ready to break this record, man. And it's no telling how far he gonna put this record out, man, because Steph ain't nowhere near being done. No. So man, it's 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 a great thing, D. I'm happy for him, man. He uh he deserves it. I'm he put in a lot of work, man. A lot of work to be the best shooter of all of all time. Shoot. So I'm happy for him, man. We hopefully I don't know if they play tonight or tomorrow, whatever night it is, but this record will be broke in the next coming next couple of days here. And uh shout out to Wardell on getting that done. Listen. When you when you when you think about it, when you think about it, when he first came into the league, to where he is now, you could have not written this. This was a skinny, scrawny kid at Davidson. Made some noise his last his two years. Well, he he sophomore and junior sophomore year. junior, but his sophomore year was the year mm-hmm. where he was put on the map. The next year, I think Davidson went to Duke, and everybody was at that game. And then, of course, he made it back to the tournament. So, Steph has had fame and notoriety coming out of college. But if anybody would have thought that he would have turned out to be this, this, I would say you were lying. I would say you were lying. (laughs) This man is the greatest shooter ever. It's not close. Ray, Clay. Larry Bird, it doesn't matter. There's no one close to this man. He is exceptional. For him to gun down Ray Allen's three-point record the way that he did in a short amount of time, this I think I think Seth Curry, like in his 10th season. This man can literally play another 10 years. 
He is going to put this record out of reach. No one will ever break this record. I feel comfortable saying that. He's going to put this thing out of reach. It is remarkable that we just sat here and watched Ray Allen break that record. We watched it. Mm -hmm. And now it's out of here? <laughs> no time. It is so amazing to see this kid do this. I watched him last night against Philadelphia. Every team that he's playing, they don't want him to break the record. They don't want him to break the record on them. And you see people just gunning and gunning and gunning for Steph Curry. Gunning and gunning. But ain't nothing y'all can do. The record is being broken. I hope he break it in New York. I think that's where they play next. I think they play the Knicks on Tuesday night. That's why I think he might break the record. How and, many more he down? And Madison. Uh, I think six. He I, think got he six, six oh. I think he need five uh, or six. Uh -huh. So in New York, that might get broke. Yeah. It might get broke. So shout out to Steph Curry, man. This is, I know it's a lot of uh, back and forth. You know, when Steph, you know, was going at it against LeBron in Cleveland. But look, truthfully and honestly, this is just one of the dopest things you'll see. And this record, this record should be talked about on a higher scale than it is. Because the difficulty to shoot the ball from a far distance as many times as he has done it, and now to become the all-time leader, that's hard. That's hard. Mm -hmm. So for people to kind of poo-poo the record against the home run record or Kyle Ripken's junior record for never missing a game, man, miss me with that, bro. <laughs> you shooting from long range. This, we ain't talking layups. You want to know how Kareem Abdul-Jabbar became the all-time leading scorer in NBA history? Because his hands literally was inside the rim. He just had to put the ball in there. <laughs> Wasn't nobody tall enough to guard him. And couldn't nobody do nothing with the man. <laughs> but to see this, this is remarkable. So congratulations and shout out to Steph Curry, man. I mean, arguably this man is the MVP frontrunner right now. Mm -hmm. His team is number one in basketball at 22-4, leading the Western Conference. He is exceptional, and he deserves what he's getting, and I can't wait for him to have that moment. Uh, I'm sure it'll be this week uh, when he breaks uh, that record. Black, Steph Curry's legacy. His legacy is taking shape right in front of us. I think personally right now, Steph Curry is the best player in basketball. I know coming into the season, Giannis deserved that nod. Giannis has been in and out with injuries this season. We haven't been able to see him on the consistency. I think Curry and Durant are the best two players in yeah. basketball right now, mm -hmm. simultaneously one and two. But I'm going to give the nod to Curry. And the reason I'm going to give the nod to him, because of what happened in Brooklyn when they went head-to-head. <laughs> -head. Yeah. Because that's the only thing I got to go on to separate them. That's the only thing I got to go on to separate I watched KD do the Hawks dirty Friday night. But I also saw what Wardell did to you at your home gym and had your home fans chain MVP. <laughs> so disrespectful. So disrespectful. So I got to get a nod to Wardell. What about you? What you think about Steph, man? Yeah, man, I have to agree with you, man. Uh, Wardell being undeniable, man, since 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 Temple of the season, man, and what he's been doing and what his team is at. The the way he this team is clicking, and I mean, he's doing this with potentially role player players. You know, Clay's not out there. Draymond's out there, but Clay's not out there with him. And man, they just making this thing flow. 
You got up and comers and and uh who is who is my guy named Chris? What's his oh man, I forget this guy's name. Uh Poole. You got those you got up and coming guy, Damien, uh Damien Lee. Like these guys are up and up and coming. You know, this running gun, shoot the ball wherever they this thing working, man. We it, and it's like it feels new, but it ain't because we didn't seen it before. You know, we didn't seen it before. They just got a lot of more people putting in on it. At one point, it was just him and Clay, but now you got the role players putting yeah. up these shots, hitting these shots. So it's amazing to see what they what he's doing with this team, man. And like like you did, I have to agree. By far, man, uh, it's I don't even think it's close, man, because Wardell is literally putting his stamp on this thing, man, and and it's gonna continue to be that way. So shout out to him, man. If 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 they could give him the MVP trophy right now, they probably would. Because yeah. I don't see him slowing down at any point, you know. So, shout out to Wardell, man. Until, uh, until tip-off. Okay, no, what are you – you got something you got to unload? Yes. What is it? Camera four. That's my camera? Yes, it is. <clears throat> hey, listen, y'all know I think that most reporters are cowards. They want to be friends with these players. And y'all just proved my point again. For the first month of the season, y'all blame everything on Russell Westbrook for the Lakers being putting all them old-ass geezers together. Y'all blame Westbrook. Now I hear y'all going to fire Frank Vogel. Listen, Russ is learning. Frank Vogel is a terrific coach. Putting all them old-ass geezers together and just trying to blame other people, it ain't right and it ain't cool. Listen, Anthony Davis, you got to play better. I said on this first night, if the Lakers were going to be any good, it was all going to be on you. Has nothing to do with Russell. Had nothing to do with LeBron and the rest of them old-ass geezers they put together out there. But now y'all uncrossed the line because I really like Frank Vogel. And listen, it ain't his fault. But listen, it's, in my opinion, <laughs> I blame Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, you know I like you as a person. But you ain't, you ain't doing what you're supposed to do. You're 27 years old. You're supposed to be in your prime. You're supposed to be one of the five best players in the mm. world up there with Giannis, Kevin Durant, and those guys. And you ain't holding up your end of the bargain. So now I hear y'all going to fire the coach. That's total BS, man. Now I feel better. <laughs> well, wouldn't it been? I love Chuck, man. I love Chuck. I just want to say that. <laughs> Watching that live, it was one of the rare moments where I was left speechless because somebody took the time to tell the truth. Kendra Perkins gives his soliloquy. It ain't the truth. Jalen Rose gives his soliloquies. It ain't the truth. Stephen A kind of dances around his little thoughts. It ain't the truth. That was the truth. We sat here and we talked a couple of weeks ago that when we watch Giannis, that's what AD should be. This man is the most talented player for his size and his skill set in the league. Anthony Davis, and he is playing soft like a wet baby wipe that broke in half. <laughs> Do you know how soft that is? When you touch the baby wipe, the baby wipe breaks apart. This thing has gotten out of control. I told all y'all, stop blaming Russ. Stop blaming Russ. I echo Chuck. Stop blaming Russ. It ain't Russ. People want trade. It ain't Russ. This whole time, 
It's been Marshawn. And I'm going to say that it's going to hurt me, dog. LeBron ain't winning no more rings, man, with Anthony Davis, man. Anthony Davis is comfortable. He has a ring. He's in L.A. He got $200 more million in his pocket in his bank account. He just got married in the offseason. Anthony Davis is is, is leaving, uh, living like he on the beach. This man, 27, he don't want no more. He, his belly full. His belly full. I watch him and I get disappointed time and time again. This ain't got nothing to do with Bron because we see Bron still that boy. <laughs> He's still that boy. But he can't get another player to match him. I remember AD in the bubble, man. He was magnificent. But now, he is awful for his expectations. Charles Barkley said it right. It's because of you, AD. If the Lakers are going to do anything, you have to be the reason why. And you're simply not doing that, sir. Time is running out. Now you got knee soreness. Now you're missing time. Fine. But what are you going to do to reactivate yourself? Carmelo Anthony sees. Russell Westbrook sees. You want to know why Russ take the ball and just go on the hell home? Because he know you ain't finna shake nothing. Somebody got to be aggressive and get going. But you want to, y'all want to blame Russ. So for in order for the Los Angeles Lakers to do anything this season, we are 13 and 13. God awful. Anthony Davis is going to have to come back from his knee soreness and be a top five player in this league. And the reason why Anthony Davis can't be a top five player in this league because he thinks LeBron James is still going to feed him, bathe him, burp him, and change his diaper. That's why. Mm-hmm. It's a gift and a curse to play with the king. It's a gift and a curse, and we see in the curse. Because everybody around thinks LeBron is going to do it again. LeBron is getting older. The injuries are nagging. He told us the other night his abdominals still ain't right. LeBron is giving you all he got. But if he don't got nobody to match him, LeBron won't get another one. He'll retire Laker. Next year he'll break Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record. And LeBron will go off into the sunset in year 20. Hopefully he'll 21 and hopefully he would have played against his son. And when he does and he doesn't get another ring... I'll blame you, Anthony. I'll blame you. Black, any thoughts on what Chuck had to say about Marshawn? Um, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree what he said about the big bastard. I agree what he said about that guy. You know, I. <laughs> oh my God. You know, I'm not Woo. going to bother to say his name. I'm not Woo. going to call him AD. I'm not going to call him Marshawn. I'm not going to call him Anthony Davis. You are and will be until you show me different, the big bastard.
It's like Chuck. Li- it's, it's like Chuck listened to our show. Oh God! And he heard what I said about Marshawn just a few weeks ago. Sure. Because I already been saying it. He does nothing to help this team. How do you? How you win a game and you lose the game and you're you have like he had like what 27, 28, and and it seemed like he impacted the game in any way. And the Lakers lost the game. Like I, his presence, he's not even there. I'm looking at these guys, man, and these guys are giving it they all. They're horrible defensively, yes. That's on that's on Vogel. He can get better with that. But when it comes on the offensive side of the ball and setting the tone, big bastard, that got to be you. That has to be you. You have to set the tone. You're 27 years old. Do you know what Giannis is doing? And he's 26. He's just a year behind you. He's just one year behind you. And he's wrecking the league. He put his stamp on the on in NBA Finals history with a fifty feet with a fifty piece and walked off with an MVP trophy and a, and a uh, championship. What are you doing, Marshawn? Are you living off that crap in the bubble? Yes, y'all won the ring. Okay, that was the bubble. What are you going to do now? These are the times I miss guys like Kyrie. Cause you know one, you know one thing I can respect about Kyrie, he didn't get all, uh, all hunky dory in that hype of LeBron James. He was like, I finna go out here and get mine. What's up? He bought that. I can match you blow for blow. What's up? He was about that. But these other guys get with LeBron. Oh, we, we, oh yeah, yeah. No, shut up. And if you just so happen to listen to this, Mister Big Bastard. Please show us something. Anything. 13 and 13 is not acceptable. We two weeks away from Christmas and I don't even want to watch Christmas Day. I'm telling you, dog. I'm telling you, man. I'm going to be watching Giannis and whoever he play at 5 o'clock. Yeah, man. I mean, who he play at 1230. Yeah, man. When the 5 o'clock slot come around, yeah, it's time to go home, man. Yeah, Chill. Yeah, man. Put me on a Christmas movie, so I might go watch the Santa Claus or something like that. <laughs> this is ridiculous. It is. So it I is. agree with I agree with Chuck totally, one hundred percent. This ain't on Vogel. This ain't on Russ. This ain't on nobody else but you. Man up, do something, and let's get this thing rolling. We can't go into the playoffs being up being a five or six seed. We gonna get railroaded. Whoever we play, these teams in the West ain't playing. The Suns letting you know they ain't playing. The Warriors letting you know they ain't playing. Utah letting you know they ain't playing. Damn, Memphis just put it on you good. They letting you know they ain't playing. And they ain't even got John Morant. Or Dylan Brooks. It has to change, and it's going to start with you, guy. It's going to start with you. Until then, we don't see no big bastard siding. That's it. <laughs> if we don't see a siding, we we better prepare for a play-in game and playing the Warriors 
one, eight versus one, and we gonna get swept and fold. Mm, 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 mm. So yes, I agree with Chuck D. This this has to stop. Get on your job. Do your job. Two hundred million. They ain't give you two hundred million for nothing. They want you to take this thing over when LeBron leaving. You they shoot uh Palinka and them looking elsewhere. They looking at what else they could do. They starting to make backup plans just in case you don't work out. It's just ridiculous, man. He needs to be shaming himself. Nobody ain't thinking about you even in the top five. You ain't even in a conversation. And he better not be in no all-star game this year. And you know they'll put him there. I mean, D, this is this is terrible, man. This ha- something got to change, man. I'm, I'm I'm at the point where you, I'm kind of checked out. I'm kind of checked out. Because I hate to see... I. I'm just tired of it. This big, this big bastard be on the floor more than me. When I be drinking, I don't even go fall on the floor. <laughs> I can handle my look and stay upright, but you out there on the basketball court can't still stay on your two long limbs. <laughs> oh I just God. don't understand it, man. <sighs> it is frustrating. Yeah. And we on... It's, <laughs> We ain't that far in. We ain't even reached all-star break yet. We're not. And it's frustrating to be seeing this, and it frustrates me because I'm a LeBron fan. Because, you know, if this doesn't work out, who's going to get the blame? Because they already seeing it. Because LeBron was the reason this team was assembled. So it's going to fall back on LeBron in year 19. Yeah. Kobe wasn't getting blamed for things in year 19. Anybody that's been that was that was great players and was in they on their last leg, they weren't getting blamed for reasons why their team sucked so bad. Mm. But LeBron, that's mm. going to be the conversation. D, if this thing, if if he don't get it together, it's going to be LeBron's fault when yeah. it really should be his fault. So yeah, yeah man, I it, it, it just frustrating. It got to change, D. Yeah, we'll see. Couple weeks out, okay. Matter of fact, two weeks from yesterday, the Brooklyn Nets and the L.A. Lakers will play on Christmas Day. And I'm going to hold down to what I said, man. On Christmas Day, we're going to see. We're going to see. Marshawn, I hope you heard this, bro. I hope somebody out here say, hey, bro, check this out, bro. <laughs> and you heard what your dogs had to say. Come on, man. It's time, bro. It's time. Let's get it. All right. All right, man. We're going to stop by the National Football League and we are going to get out of Dodge. It like some haymakers are being thrown out here in the National Football League. So black, of course, of course, of course, we got to stop by the home team. Oh man, <laughs> we got to do it, black. Dang, Tom Brady does it again. Beat him. He beat him. He beat him. My, my bad, bro. Thomas Patrick Edward Brady Jr. 
Anyway, all right. So the reason why that happened was Buffalo and mm. the Bucks are uh, they're playing right now. Look like oh, well, the game not over. So it's like, over. It is final. 33-27. Well, the GOAT does it again. <laughs> Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. 33-27. Looked like we were missing out on a great game. Buffalo's in trouble, folks. Mm. Buffalo is in trouble. But anyway, let's get back to the home team, Black. <laughs> Black, real quick. A lot of noise coming out of the locker room, man. A lot of noise coming out of the locker room. Apparently, Urban Meyer has gotten into it with the players, the coaches, Few choice words has been said. Trevor Lawrence had a uh, uncomfortable press conference last week talking about his displeasures with the offense and how James Robinson should be on the field, no doubt about it. One of our best players. I don't understand why he's out on the field. A lot of heads are being scratched. A lot of issues. Black, I just want to report that I talked to our Jaguar correspondent, and he has vehemently let me know to not call him anymore. Oh, man. To talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars until more progress has been made. That's right, folks. Rashad Robinson has checked out. This is the most diehardest Jaguar fan that I know. And he is out. Black, what do you think, man, of this mess that's at Duval County? It's rock bottom, man. Oh, my God. Just rock bottom. <laughs> yeah. Is it is it sad to say that the Jacksonville Jaguars is the worst team in the NFL? Shoot, the, the, the Detroit Lions put more of a fight up than the Jacksonville Jaguars do, and they only got one win. The New York football Jets look better, and, and they got smacked today. They played, at least they played good. At least they got nine points. We can't even get that. <laughs> against a, against a, a wounded, battered Tennessee team, man. It's bad, bro. I, I hope they don't run Trevor off, man. <laughs> I hope, I, I hope Trevor. I'm just praying that Trevor never say how he want out, bro. I just, cause that'll be the worst thing ever, man. Cause I always, I'm the one that feel like as long as you got Trevor, things will work out. Of course, you can always change coaches and change things around, but I don't know what Urban Meyer. He just don't relate to grown men. For some reason, D, I don't know what it is. Marvin Jones pulling your card, bro. He said, I ain't finna practice, bro. It's a mess, bro. Belleville? Oh, my God. It's disgusting. I, D, I don't, I don't understand what's going on in Jacksonville, man. But somebody just told me. He was like, man, they need to clean house. I said, they just got. They just got. He, they like, they need to clean house again. I said, Already? It's a new regime, and it need to be cleaned out again. D is bad here, man. I was I was with pops today, man. We watched the Cowboys and the and the Washington football team today. He's like, man, why are we watching the Jags? Oh, I don't want to watch that mess. I already know what time it is with that. Mm. They got Trevor out here looking bad, man. I know it's a long road, bro, but man, this is awful. Rock bottom. This if rock bottom look like hey, that's where we at, bro. That's where we at. Urban Meyer, he uh, he ain't the answer, bro. I hate to say it because I thought the guy could transition and come to the NFL and do something, but it ain't working, bro. You having run-ins with coaches and teammates, and I mean, just beside yourself, bro. 
Like this is it just ain't working for me, D. Something, something gotta happen, man. I don't know where it's gonna start at, but it's not a good look right here, right now. Where's the improvement in the Jags? Where? I've been searching for the improvement. What's improved? What's improved with the Jags? We always knew all year long that this was a talent issue. There's not a lot of talent on the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Urban Myers, the Urban Myers scandal early in the year, have we forgot about that? He all up in Ohio after losing to the Bengals. Got a little young thing thing out there getting up on him. His poor wife had to delete her social media because of this thing was getting nasty. Trevor running for his life. You got veteran players don't want to be a part. It's awful here. Never would have thought. Never would have guessed. That this is what things will have become with Urban Meyer at the helm. Calling for the man head. Everybody and anybody who would listen. They don't want to rebuild. They don't want to re-go with Urban Meyer. They want to get another coach. Urban Meyer looks so defeated and so lost week after week after week. Shah Khan is in his house in L.A. Ain't even in Jacksonville at the moment. This the owner of the team. This thing is terrible. Jazz potentially have the number one pick again this year. The number one pick. It's bad here, bro. It's bad. Rashad say don't call him. That's horrible, man. Rashad always want to be on, man. <laughs> Rashad say don't hit him on, up. man. Rashad said we got to attack this thing a different time. I see my man's going off on Twitter. I was like, yikes. Going crazy. <laughs> it's sad, bro. It's sad, bro. So we just, I mean, you hear the emotion in us, man. It's just really nothing to talk about, man. It's just so disappointing. It's so disappointing. All right, <laughs> man. All right, baby. We're going to run through some of the NFL scores of the day. Black, real quick, Monday Night Football tomorrow night. Big game. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams at the Arizona Cardinals. Big game. Black, who you think wins that? Uh, Cardinal me, my guy. Cardinal me. Okay. I'm going to take the Rams tomorrow night. Okay. I'm going to take the Rams tomorrow night to make a statement and get a big win on the road. Okay. They looked a little more in sync against Jacksonville, but who doesn't? Who doesn't? But you got to take that with you somewhere, okay? That's why I said Cardinal me, you was over the You was able to build on a little something, but hey, you know. I'm going to take the Los Angeles Rams and knock off the Cardinals on my net football. Then my Dallas Cowboys get it done today, 27-20. Let me, hold on, let me say this sure. before you go. Sure. Let me say this. Do you better not come in here talking no more sideways out your mouth about the Dallas Cowboys, bro. If you got any arguments, is what they'll do against the elite teams who playing for something. Ain't nobody else in this league messing with the Dallas Cowboys, boy. I'm telling you, I watched that whole game today. Man, I was like, yikes. Yeah. And the Washington football team coming in the, on the th three-game win streak. They was ramping it up. Yeah. And the Cowboys went straight in there and left them boys on the <laughs> in the grass. Yeah. Tyler Heineken, boy, you couldn't even see his number on his jersey. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Michael Parsons, defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, get to him now. Potentially defensive player of the year. I agree with that. I agree with that. The Cowboys look good. And you know what else sold me on the Cowboys? When that got hit out of bounds and I seen Zeke, hey, say, what's up, man? Yeah. Huh? So, so Zeke said was about that. Yeah. And today. Big Collins came in there. Yeah, boy. What's yeah. up? Yeah. Yeah. That let me know the Cowboys riding, bro. Yeah, for sure. For sure, same the thing. The Cowboys going to be scary. Okay. Okay. You don't want the Cowboys to have to come to your building. You better be prepared. Okay. They got big Gregory making sightings out here. I'm like, oh, my God. Randy Gregory, shout out to you, Randy cubs. Gregory out here just, I'm like, oh, man, what's going on? And I didn't even know they had Jermaine's back, number nine. I was like, oh, dang, where he came from? DeMarcus, shout out. I was like, oh, dang. The D-line ain't playing no games. Defense real. And this is the time that you want your team clicking. Because it's when everything getting important now. Yeah. So I don't want to hear no sideways talk, bro. If you want to come in here and All spill right. your beans right. about what they do against elite teams, okay. But don't don't come in here about no garbage, bro. All right, man. All right. I hear you. Because the Cowboys rolling. They yeah. going to be there. Yeah, all right. I hear we you. just got to see what they going to do against the elite. That's all. I hear you. I'll take it. I but I like it. what the Cowboys doing, bro. Go ahead. You yes, sir. 27-20 victory over the Washington football team. The Dallas Cowboys keep rolling and spread that gap even farther in the NFC East. We already talked about the Jacksonville Jaguars getting absolutely embarrassed in Tennessee, 20 to nothing. We just talked about it, man. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. He does it again. 33-27. The Buffalo Bills are spiraling out of control. Black, what are your thoughts on Josh Allen, man, man and the I, Buffalo Bills? I don't know what's going on. Josh played an amazing second half, man, but hey, when the GOAT get the ball, if he get the ball with time left or get in the OT first, you already know what time it is. I was just waiting on an alert to come across my screen that he didn't did something. Yeah. And he did right after I had the thought. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, man, I don't know what's going on with Buffalo. I know they have been having a lot of injuries, but, man. Josh Allen, Josh Allen had been been playing to the level he needs to. He looked great today, but they still lost. That's two in a row now. Yep. Against two playoff teams, you know. So it's this thing now. They're not even in the wild. They in the hunt now. So I I don't know. D they they still got get they they got to play New England again, and I don't know, man, what's gonna happen with them. Hopefully they can find a way to turn this thing around. But defensively, they looking bad right now. Offense not playing horrible, but the defense can't stop nobody. And this is a top three defense in the league. So it's it's bad to see what's going on with them this year. And and, and potentially we could could we not see the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs this year? Hmm. If this keep going on? Yeah, we probably it, it's a good chance we may not see them if they don't try to turn this thing around at some point. But yeah, man, uh big win for Tom Brady and um the Buccaneers, man, they they improved to what eight and three now. So, shout out to them on a huge win today against Buffalo and Buffalo, just in the hunt now, bro. Ain't they ain't even nowhere in for the division. Ten and three crown. Bucks. Ten and three bucks. I'm sorry. So I don't know, man. I'm just I'm disappointed in what's going on uh, in Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo not gonna make the playoffs. I'm gonna go on to say it. 
I don't think the Buffalo Bills make the playoffs. I think they just spiraling out of control. Now they're sitting at seven and six with five games left, I believe, left on the schedule. It's it, they're one of the more disappointing teams in the league, especially to see how they started. All right, we're gonna run through a couple more scores, man. We're gonna wrap this show up today. 49ers get a huge win in Cincinnati, 26-23. Bengals losing some tough. Hard fault games, man. Uh, the Giants and the Chargers, no contest. Chargers getting done 37-21. Broncos absolutely bam the Lions 38-10. Uh, Seahawks winning back-to-back games 33-13. Uh, the Ravens and the Browns, Lamar went down. They say he got a, maybe a high ankle sprain. Lamar preparing to miss some time. Browns win 24-22. Raiders absolutely molly the Las Vegas Raiders 48-9. Falcons beat the Panthers 29-21. Cam Newton benched again. Cam Newton benched again in this game. Sad to see, all right? And uh, tonight, Sunday Night Football, we got the Bears and the Packers going at it on Sunday Night Football, all right? Watching the Tom Brady highlights live on TV. He just does it again. The GOAT. He the GOAT for a reason. He doing his thing. All right, man, we wrapping up the show. Before we get out of here, man, let's talk about these Trinity Christian uh, what are they? Come on, what are the Commodores? Commodores, Trinity Christian, winning another state championship uh, this past week. We just want to shout out those kids, those coaches, that school, that fan base, man. Shout out to Trinity Christian, Jacksonville's own. I believe they're the only Jacksonville school to get them a state uh, championship yeah. uh, this season. So shout out Trinity, Trinity. Christian, all right? All right, so we're going to wrap up today's show. Black, anything before we get out of here? Uh, nah, man. Just want to say we appreciate all the love and support here at the Sports Desk, man, from all our listeners and supporters. Y'all keep rocking with us, man. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so programming note, programming note. So we did this last year. The holidays are here. So next Sunday, next Sunday, we'll... Be the last show of the year of the sports desk, all right? Me and Black going to take some time to enjoy the holidays, enjoy our families, enjoy the season, um, to get some rest, take some time off, and just kind of hang out, man, and chill. Um, so we're going to be out of next Sunday, the 16th, I believe. Is this, What's next Sunday? Yeah, next Sunday is the 16th. That will be the last show uh, from the sports desk. We'll be taking off that Christmas Sunday, the 26th. All right. And uh, we'll be back January. January. All right. So just programming though, we'll be back next week. And then we're going to take some time off. Okay. So hopefully everybody's holidays are going well so far. Christmas is fastly approaching. And, uh, you know, we look forward to rock with you guys. Um, that's pretty much all I got. Thank you for all the love and all the support. Rocking with us week in and week out. Press and play, retweeting. Share this podcast. Somebody need a new podcast, share it with them. Send them to Sports Desk. Let them know DM Black. They entertaining. They funny. They know what they're talking about. And you have a good time of two hours listening to our show. All right. So uh, one more time, thank you guys so much. Thank you guys for all the support. Cannot stress that. Cannot stress the support that you guys give us. All right. So until next time, this has been episode one. 56 of the sports desk. You guys be cool. You be safe. And unless we get some breaking news, we'll talk to you guys next week. Listening to the sports dance. Hey, this reduce lunch sports, man. Come on.
You're listening to the sports show. New sports desk.